Hot Springs Village Inside Out is a closer look at the greatness of Hot Springs Village, Arkansas and the surrounding areas, people, places, experiences. Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is one of the most beautiful places on the earth. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host, Dennis Simpson, as we engage in weekly conversations to explore Hot Springs Village Inside Out. Today's show is brought to you by Central Arkansas's favorite radio station, KVRE. Find them on the dial at 92.9 FM. Stream them live at KVRE.com. The reason I have right. Mr. John, and I want to know, John, tell me about the Hot Springs Village Employment Fund and how it <clears> relates <throat> to Mr. Derek here very shortly. Well, the Village Employees Benefit Fund has was set up in 1999 as a way for villagers to express their appreciation to the employees of the Property Owners Association for all the hard work they do throughout the year to assist us in maintaining the village. And uh, the, uh, the, the fund was actually founded because uh, there was apparently in 1999, a very bad uh, snow and ice storm here in the village. And the residents found out that the employees were coming out away from their homes where they were trying to stay warm and dry and everything else and uh, coming out and plowing the roads and giving people help. The police were being uh, helpful and, uh, and uh, the public utilities folks were doing what they needed to do above and beyond uh, their regular shifts and things like that, even from different departments. And the three men here in the village decided that it would be a good idea to recognize the effort of these folks, like giving a tip to a restaurant employee. Uh, you know, if you've got a server that's done a good job for you, um, you know, you'll, you'll leave a 15 or 20% tip or whatever. And we felt that uh, that's an apt comparison uh, to what the Village Employees Benefit Fund actually does. It offers the employees a tip, a thank you tip, an appreciation uh, for the work that they've done throughout the year. So that's what we've done. Uh, the fund has been in operation now for 22 years, and um, we, we raise money from the residents here in the village. Uh, so it's, it's funded entirely separate from the POA. We are not affiliated with the POA. Uh, so this is an extra benefit that the employees get. And, and it's important because more than half of the employees here in the village are minimum wage only, uh, which in Arkansas right now, I think is $11 an hour. And I mean, we all know what's going on with inflation right now. Anything we can do for an employee by way of a, a tip, so to speak, uh, is really important at this day and age. Well, for anybody that thinks that's a past event, uh, I believe it was three weeks ago, we interviewed Todd Knowles, who was with the, the uh, streets department. And Todd made it very clear that three of his employees put their car in the ditch, trying to come and clear the roads during the last snowstorm. So this is not a isolated event and those needs will continue. I've even seen, and we'll come into this in a little more. I know how the village fund has worked for a lot of people who have lost their homes, have had just, you know, life happens. There, there's fires, there's all kinds of stuff. And the, the village fund has been there to help them. But let's talk about what that means to Mr. Derek, who's been patiently waiting and listening. Derek, what are you going to do for us soon? Well, we're just going to celebrate for everyone that's helped. And this is like a, an appreciation event. 
it's open to the public, but we're limiting tickets uh, to 110 or something like that. But I sing Frank Sinatra for people that don't already know who I am, which is almost nobody unless they live where I live or, you know, have hired me in the last 20 years over the, you know, the United States. But this is a, uh, I met Wendy at the 1940s ball. And uh, I don't know, I'm going to be, so what was the question? I sing Frank Sinatra stuff. That's what my, that's been my source of income and my living for the last 20 years. So. And where are, you be, living, uh, where are you living right now? I'm in Broomfield, Colorado. It's in between Boulder and Denver. So I'm native Coloradan for the last 48 years. And, and uh, yeah, so I get to go, go uh, check out where Wendy lives and where all you guys live. It looks beautiful out there. It's going to be a great time of year. And it sounds like the, Dolce Vita is the restaurant we're going to be having the event at. It sounds like that's a, a place with some really good food and a nice space. So I think uh, I think we'll be able to hold hands real nice. It's going to be a good fit. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. John, have you got your tickets yet? Are you guys going to it? Well, I think we Will are. Be there? I, actually, I've, I've got signed cool. up, but I was about to ask John, where do other people get a ticket if they want to get a ticket? Well, I think the thing to do is um, I – I'm going to have to get a poster here with information on it. Uh, so if I leave for a second, is that okay, Dennis? Of course, of course, of course. Just being uh, an informal interview. But, yeah, tickets are available. And uh, and La Dolce Vida um, has an excellent reputation here in Hot Springs Village for great Italian food. And uh, it's an intimate uh, venue. So um, Frank Sinatra will be able to walk among the tables and – and uh, get up close and personal with folks. And, and that'll be pretty interesting. I know we are going to be going, my wife and I, and we are looking forward to it. Let me get information about how to get tickets. Sure. So Derek, it's, it's, it's maybe a, a, you would call it a dinner party event or a, I mean, this sounds, Randy sounds a lot like the place I've been doing here in Colorado for the last 15 years, minus the last couple of years is a restaurant called Gaetano's here in Denver. That was, you know, the old, mob and and uh, speakeasy from the 1930s and i've been doing that place for you know since i can remember so that's an italian restaurant that's my favorite little intimate gathering so if it's anything like that this show is going to be like right up my alley it's my favorite amount of people aside from playing with big orchestras in front of you know thousands uh this is going to be really fun it'll be cool i think they can get tickets on eventbrite you can search old blue eyes or uh even La Dolce Vita. Isn't that right, John? You might have yes. the link. Oh, wow. Look, it's me. Wow. Who's that? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> see me there in the hat. The more, oh. I put in, the more I put on, the better I look. And, and the people that don't know, <laughs> the people that are listening, an evening with old blue eyes is what I'm hearing it will be. Yeah. And, and tell cool. us some of the things you'll do, Derek. I mean, what's it like? I mean, it's just uh, dress up in my, in my finest suit and hat and kind of accidentally look like Frank and and, uh, you know, sometimes my voice accidentally sounds like him, but it's it's all the great tunes from Capital Years. And, you know, I just get to walk around cordless and kind of be part of the group. And and Frank Sinatra is kind of walking around with you. I'm not as much of an impersonator as maybe you've seen other people because I accidentally look a lot like him and <laughs> sometimes sound like him. So if I just sing a song like I think my, maybe he would at the time, it's more of a, a tribute which is nice to at an event like this where we're kind of just paying tribute to people that have been helping out and everything. It's kind of half public, half charity, half just celebrating. And Wendy's so damn nice when she came to the 1940s ball. I think we'd met there and 
there was some other uh, uh, charitable thing that she was doing. And I, we met at another event. And uh, so she asked me to come out when they moved out there. I think we missed each other some. So well, I'll I just know. be walking around crooning, singing Frank tunes with everybody. Great. It's going to be well, fun. I, I, I know her through Rotary is why I know Wendy and I, we've had some technical difficulties yeah. today. Those of you that are watching, know I'm not Randy Cantrell. Randy has had some troubles today and it's, it's no big deal. But oh, I'm just, just reading little, your name from the, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Dennis. <laughs> I, I may not look like who I am there. Yeah. 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 It's my first zoom. Exactly. But no, Derek, what I was going to get at was, is that, you know, anytime there's a tribute or an impersonator, as you want to call it, uh, some people might want to call it, you know, there's always a window of, of, of material that you want to cover, you know, uh, for example, Elvis impersonators only cover a certain group of time or whatever. They may not say that they do, but you just noted it was the capital years. Tell me more about that. Well, I mean, that's the, a lot of the popular songs that, you know, you know, from the albums that you or your parents might have had, you know, all the fly me to the moon and my way in New York, New York and witchcraft and, and uh, someday when I'm awfully low and all those, you know, just all the good classic songs. But I mean, it, just for some interesting trivia about Frank, evidently there were three years during the capital years where uh, he didn't record. There were three days out of each year where he didn't record a new song or something like that. So there's thousands of songs that he was recording. And I've played at a couple of his old houses, uh, one where he had the, re the record player, uh, the Valentino cutting machine in his living room where he'd come home and, and cut records in his living room with Marilyn Monroe and, you know, Dean, everybody out by the pool. And I don't know, I'm going off on a tangent because this isn't my, <laughs> my normal thing. No, that's exactly the kind of thing we wanted to know. And I was going to come back and say, it may not seem like there's a real reason here, but, you know, John Chapman, John Chapman's on KVRE, and he has the 40s at four. And the reason that I thought this would be wonderful to have us all here together is because, John, you do know a little bit about trivia from that 40s period, don't you? Yeah, a little bit. And, you know, there's so many great entertainers that got their start. Uh, in the big band era in the 1940s, and not many of them were able to carry that success into the late 40s and into the 50s or 60s. Frank Sinatra was one of them. And, uh, you know, the, the reputation that he established with the Bobby Soxers in 1942 and 1943 when he was singing with the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra, he realized that the, uh, the female fans that he was appealing to were coming out to see him more than they were coming out to see the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra. Well, that's the point at which he decided that he needed to get out of the contract with Tommy Dorsey. Well, Tommy Dorsey was a hard-bitten businessman, and he was insisting that Frank honor the commitment to a contract until... Now, maybe, Derek, you know something about what happened. I don't know exactly what happened. There's an intimation that it was maybe something like in the movie Godfather uh, with the horse's head in the bed kind of a thing. Yeah, I have um, heard that. Maybe threats were made. I don't know. Um, but, but, uh, but anyway, uh, Tommy Dorsey did eventually agree for whatever reason. Uh, to let Frank Sinatra out of his contract so that he could go solo. And once he started going solo in 1943, I think it was, uh, then the sky was the limit for him.
I thought you were going to say he made him an offer he couldn't refuse. So, <laughs> so tell, tell me more, John, just a little bit more. How did he transition into the fifties? And Derek, feel free to contribute at any time. If you, you have something to add. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening too, man. I just know all the words to the songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the, the transition from the forties to the fifties, I don't know how to really describe that. I don't know what it is that appeals to the, the public that buys records and listens to singers, um, why some of the entertainers that were so big in the 40s failed to make a transition into more the popular music of the 50s. But, but, uh, but his style, and I think his, you know, forcing me to think about it, just my, my uneducated guess here would be that his broad appeal to the female audience uh, probably uh, was what kept him going. Um, for the for the females, uh, everybody, you know, ladies would want to be with him. And for the guys, they would want to be like him. And that's why I think that, you know, when I was uh, a teenager in the 60s and, and starting to hear and understand who Frank Sinatra was, uh, people were saying, you know, to, to get a girl in the mood, you'd play some Frank Sinatra songs. So, you know, maybe that was the appeal. Guys wanted to be like him and, and girls wanted to be with him. And Derek, I don't, I don't, oh, I, I mean, got my wife just cause you look like him. I mean, why would the girls be attracted to you? I mean, come on. Right. Yeah. They, I never got a date until I started singing <laughs> and the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> I mean, I got a puppy and tricked my wife to move in with me. But, I mean, we met, we met at a jazz club after a gig. I was in the getup and I saw her at the bar and went up and sang with the band. And, and uh, <laughs> that's where we met. Talked outside and I said, I said, if you kiss me, I'll follow you anywhere. And she did. And, that, and that's what happened. So the puppy trick, the puppy trick, did the puppy trick work? It worked. <laughs> Cute puppy. You have to have a cute puppy, though. I don't know if there's not a such thing, but I well, said, you know, what? hey, can you, can you watch my doggy while I go do this gig? And, <laughs> and she was at my house when I came back. So, Derek, I tell <laughs> so you, we've been really together since. To it. I mean, it worked. John, John, <laughs> tell me, tell me the dates of the of the uh, the where we can buy buy tickets, and then the dates. Uh, I guess we the HSV tickets, I assume, and then uh, what date is the 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 concert? Well, actually, um, the tickets are available at eventbrite.com, and that's spelled E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E.com. So eventbrite.com, um, and uh, if you want to get more information about the concert, you can give Empire Financial Architects a call. They are the sponsor of the show. Uh, their phone number locally here in Arkansas, 501 501- Three seven five one seven zero one. Three seven five one zero seven one. Yes, and that's Miss Wendy, who's helping sponsor this wonderful lady, and I we can't thank her enough for bringing Derek into town. And yeah. Derek, I'm going to let you pronounce your last name. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's pronounced just like it sounds. Yeah, I know. How is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's Evil Sizer, Derek Evil Sizer. Evil Sizer. Eric, it's been an absolute delight. John, thanks oh, wow. for joining us. Hey, this has been a real pleasure. It has been a pleasure. And and Derek, it wasn't as bad as you thought, was it? 
That's no, awesome. it's, it's still pretty scary. Sure, like singing to, to a bunch of people better, but you guys are real nice. Thanks a lot, John. Nice talking to you, and and Dennis. Thanks a lot. It's thanks, been guys. Take care. Take for Hot Springs Village Inside Out, I'm Dennis Simpson with Mr. Derek and Mr. John, and we'll see you again Great. soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas, is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.